0: be joined by Seamus Keneally on Football CFB. First of all, Seamus, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Callum. Cheers, yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: The, the first question I've got for you is Accrington Stanley. Um, it's a club that for many years, there was the famous old advert years ago that was always brought up, but the club is taken very seriously now. It's a club that punches well above its way and with a manager like John Coleman, I imagine you go on to the pitch every single game knowing that you're going to compete.
1: Yeah I think that's um that's been a hallmark of his of his tenure there him and, him and Jimmy Bell since they've been there it doesn't matter who you're playing whether it's a, a pre-season game or we we've had some cup games against um West Ham uh, Middlesbrough Burnley in recent years and um he expects us to go out and win and sometimes we're you know kind of looking at each other in the in the dressing room you know having our pre-match talk and thinking you know God, if, if we if we don't win this game, he's going to be really upset and thinking, you know, give us a break here. We're playing against the Premier League side. But that's the way he's always worked. I think, you know, he's always he's always felt like, even though he's, he, he works with a, a small budget and his squad is not as big as a lot of other teams in, in in League 1 as it is now League 2 as it was previously, he still expects us to compete. And the 11 players he puts out on the pitch, he expects to get a performance out of them. Um yeah. And I, and I think that kind of puts, that puts an expectation on you as a player and you, you feel like you need, to, you need to rise to his standards because his standards are very high. And, and, and to be fair to him, him and Jimmy have been very successful at Accra Stanley.
0: I was going to say that in terms of when you joined the club 2015 until now, just just how's the club changed in
1: that period? Because you mentioned the fact it's went from League 2 to League 1, but how's it yeah. changed in those five years? Well, the big change was Andy Holt coming in, Um, You know, the chairman who we have now. He came in about, I think, about five or six months after I joined midway through, probably in the summer of 2015. And I think John Coleman, if I remember rightly, he described it as, you know, we were always rowing against the tide and somebody had thrown us an oar or something like that. I think he he described it as, you know, we were able to... um, There was a little bit more stability in the club. And then the following year, the club were able to give out contracts more than one year, whereas before it was only ever one year contract. So the, the the club, and up until then, they were kind of a victim of their own success. So before I came, they made the playoffs, didn't go up. And then all the better players left because, you know, they'd they done well that season. They were out of contracts. So they were easy pickings for a lot of other clubs in that division and even higher up. And as when Andy came in, he was able to get the club on a, a solid foundation and then give out contracts, you know, two, three year contracts where, if if the, we were successful as we have been, players were still under contract for the following season, so John Coleman wasn't losing his best players every summer. Um, so that's been a big that's a that's obviously been a massive difference. And then away from the the, the football on the pitch, there's been a lot of investment in the in the ground, making it more family friendly, attracting more people around the area, but making it more of a day out for away fans as well. I know away fans have always speak very highly about coming to Ayrton; they enjoy it. Um, and he does a lot with the community as well, so it's a real community-based club. In terms
0: of training on a day-to-day basis, what's that like under John, in terms of not just the sessions, but also the facilities and things, have those improved over the five years
1: as well? Gradually, I think I think it f- looks as if this year we might just be getting like a little training ground together, grass pitches. Ever since I've been there, we've always trained on uh, like 3G uh, and AstroTurf pitch at a leisure center in the in the Atkinson town. Um anytime we trained on grass would have been we'd have trained on the pitch and that was causing problems for the groundsmen because the pitch was getting too much too much traffic um, because we were trained on it two, three times a week in a game every other Saturday. And by you know, February, January, February, even December, sometimes the pitch was was really was really struggling. So I think this this year, when we do go back, um I think Andy Holt has, has has purchased a bit of land where he's gonna make them into pitches. We've got little uh, dressing rooms that are, are have already been built, a little canteen and stuff like that. So we can have some kind of a base, which is a big thing for us for the players who've been there for a long time, but also a big thing for attracting players, because you know if you obviously the first thing you, you you the first question you ask a manager is what where do you train? How often do you train? What are the training facilities like? And if you have good facilities, it's easier to attract players.
0: And in terms of the team this season, you you look at League One being curtailed, obviously in the playoffs. The club are safe. They are, are, are progressing and and staying at that level at least, which is which is absolutely fantastic given the the financial constraints that have been put, placed on the club in, in 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 the recent future. Just who are the big characters in
1: that dressing room that help drive the club on, as well as the
0: management team? Um.
1: Well, we've. Sean McConville's been there a long time you know he's he, vice captain he's um he's been a very good player for us since we've since I've been there um Mark Hughes obviously another um experienced center back um and before that we had Billy Key who was it was a great player for us scored loads of goals um I think he got the golden boot the year we went up um so we've had, we've had a lot of characters there's always been a big turnover with Acrentin you know that's a thing like you know like I say, the shorter contracts mean there's you know, players coming and going an awful lot. And we've relied a lot on loan players as well. So bringing in players from Premier League clubs, Championship clubs, who haven't been playing first-team football but want to come and, and play first-team football at a decent standard. Um, some of them do great. You know, They, they really buy into it. They re, they're happy to be at Accrington. They're happy to be playing first-team football. And, and you can see other lads, they find it difficult because the facilities are not what they're used to at Championship, Premier League level. So they, so they struggle. So often, you know, um, a club like Accrington, they rely on loan players coming in and, and, and doing well for them. And, and thankfully, John Coleman and Jimmy have been able to pick out players who have got the right character and are a good fit for the club. In terms of
0: yourself and, and your role as the sort of leader on the field, how, how important is that to you in terms of leading that dressing room as well as the players when you're in a game situation?
1: Yeah, it's, it's not something that's come naturally to me. I mean, I never... I was never a captain before I came to Accrington. Um, And I think it was something that I think Coleman used it as kind of to try and get a little bit more out of me. So I think the the captain and the vice captain were injured or suspended for a period of time in, I think it was like 2016 now. And he gave me the armband one game. And I think it was just because I was playing well, but I probably wasn't as vocal as he wanted me to be. He wanted me to be more assertive on the pitch. And he just felt like giving the armband to me will we'll get another 10, 15% out of me. And I've kind of grow, grown in the role um, since then. But it does, it's not something that comes, you know, I, I'm not really a rantor or a rave. I don't give these, you know, incredible speeches, at you know, before the game or at halftime. Um, it's more just like, you know, leading by example, I suppose. I try to lead by example and, you know, understanding. I think a, a key to being a, a good captain and a manager is understanding how players, how to get the most out of players. So some players need, you know, a telling off, need need to go kick up the backside sometimes. And other lads, you know, you need need an arm around the shoulder, a little bit more encouragement, telling them, you know, you're an excellent player. You know, things just aren't working out at the moment, but, but it'll come right. So I think that's an important thing in, in in being a captain. Also in terms of the
0: captaincy, how important is it that you can be a sort of go between, if you will, between the players and the management team as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do take that seriously because I understand that a lot of players, like I mentioned, the lone players that come in, even even players who come in on permanence um, at the start of a the season, they probably wouldn't have worked at a club like Accrington. So, you know, going back to the facilities or the way that John and Jimmy like to work. So um, they might have questions. Um, you know, being at a new club and I like to be able to, you know, give them a, you know, speak to the ask them, you know, what do you need? What, what do you want, is there anything you want me to clarify with the manager and, and just act as that go between. So I think that's important that I'm able to do that for them to help them to, to settle into the club as, as soon as possible because obviously once they're settled in and they're happy, that's when you get the best, best performances out of them.
0: In terms of League One, who would you say have been the most impressive
1: teams you've had to come up against this season? Um, this season, I've, we played Oxford twice. Um, we drew with them at home. And we lost them away quite – they beat us 3-0, I think, 3 or 4-0 away from home. They were very good. Um, just trying to think. Now, Coventry were very good. We only played them once, though. We were due to play them again before the season was curtailed. So I wasn't surprised that they that they won the division. Um, it was funny. This season, it just didn't seem to be as strong as last season. And I don't I don't know why that is. I think it's just maybe cyclical with, with finances in football. You kind of find, you know, the year before, I think teams had a little bit more money across the board and then this season, obviously the likes of Sunderland and Portsmouth, when, when they don't go back up, you know, it's harder for them, you know, they find it to get caught year and year. So I think the longer, like take Sunderland, for example, the longer they stay in league one, the more difficult it is for them to, to go up, I think, because I was at Sheffield United when they got relegated from the championship to league one. And it took them, I think five or six seasons to get back, back out of league one, a club that size. And you saw that once they did get out, you know, they, they got promoted straight off again, you know, but it's, it's taken that first first step. And I think Sunderland, as you've seen, it's proven difficult for them to 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 get out of to get out of League One back to the championship. You
0: mentioned Sunderland there and a few of the clubs you've played in the, the cup competitions as well. When a club that is regarded as a so-called big club come to Accrington, is it important that you play on the surroundings that you're in? The fact that the stadium isn't massive like the stadium alight. Is it important that you play into your strengths in that regard? Yeah, I mean
1: I think um one of the big things coming to Watkinson, you'll have to ask away players about this, but I'm sure it's a factor. Is the size of the dressing room. The away dressing room is so small. I think it's probably the smallest dressing room in the whole league. So, you know, when Sunderland come and they'll obviously, they'll have, they'll have a big squad with them, but they might have two or three kit men, two or three physios as well. And they can't actually physically all fit in the, in the dressing room. So I think if you, once the game starts, if, if things start going against them, not just Sunderland, but any team, you know, it's kind of, it's human nature to kind of, you know, finding excuses in your head and all of a sudden you think, I'm here at it's freezing cold. There's only a thousand people here. I'm used to playing in front of 10,000. The dressing room's so small. It's taken us hours to get here. You know, these things play on a player's mind. So, but to, to our advantage. So we're always trying to obviously use home advantage and, you know, it's it's the same, you know, with any team. Teams perform better at home, but um a big thing for us staying in league 1 the last two years has been has been our home form we've, obviously we've we've, we've we're earned a lot more points at home than than away from home and that's something we look to to, to carry on next season over the piece what would you say have been your favorite memories from your time at accrington so far um easily the, the the best was lifting the trophy winning league 2 um because two seasons before that we missed out on automatic promotion on the last day and then we lost in the playoffs to Wimbledon So, you know, that whole the joy of going up, but then actually winning the league and and finish ahead of a team like Luton, who, you know, they were a superb team that year. I still don't know really how we managed to to finish above them, but we did. We went on a fantastic one and, you know, the table doesn't lie. At the end of the day, we were the best team because we finished number one. Um, So that moment when I lifted the trophy was fantastic. We've had a great... um, Few great, like I mentioned, the cup runs. We beat Burnley in the in the League Cup um, at home. You know that's a that's a local derby that meant an awful lot to the Accrington fans. That gave us the opportunity to play in the Olympic Stadium away to West Ham on a you know under the floodlights. I think it was a Wednesday night and we we held them. I think till about 86, 87th minute it was nil nil and Payet actually came off the bench and scored an unbelievable free kick. But you know great. Experience to play against a World Cup winner, and um, we played Middlesbrough away. Um, yeah, lots of lots of lots of very good memories since I've been there. You know, if if somebody had said this to me in 2015 that um, I'd have been the captain of a team that won League Two, had two good seasons in League One, and played in in these stadiums, I wouldn't have believed them. So I'm I'm very thankful for for my time at Accrington.
0: One of the things I'm I'm really interested to get your perspective on is the difference between League Two and League One. A lot of people I've spoken to before say that there's, the, the difference isn't as great as you think it is. Would you go along with that?
1: Yeah, it, it's funny. Like, so I mentioned, like the first year we came up, I maybe it was just me, but I found it very hard to adapt to League One. It seemed like it was there was quite a big step. As in this season, I didn't feel like the step was that big. Now, whether that was me improving or getting used to League One, or actually the teams just weren't as strong this year, um, I think what I have found is though. And I think you'd expect it is you get punished just a little bit more in League One. Um, The strikers, the wingers are just a little bit sharper, a little bit nippier, and are better finishers. But I suppose it's to be expected. I'm sure it'll be the case if, you know, when you go up to the Championship, you go up to the Premier League again. It's that little bit of clinical, that, you know, that killer instinct that players have the higher you go up. Um, And you've got to be, you know, you get punished for your mistakes. You've got to make sure you eradicate your mistakes as much as possible because if you do make mistakes, you do, you know, have errors, you, you're going to get punished. And that's something I've found since, you know, making the step up from League 2 to League 1. To, re- to rewind now
0: back to the sort of start of your career, when you came through and you made, you broke into the team at Galway United, what was that like for you? And in terms of th- your time at Galway, when did interest from
1: Sheffield United and other clubs come in? And how did that feel? Yeah, so that um, I had three seasons at Galway United. Um, they were my local team. My first year was in 2008. and um, all of a sudden, I, I had never played professional football before. I was given a squad number. I, you know, I found that really cool. You know, number 25, I thought, with Keneally on the back, this was fantastic. And Jeff Kenner became the manager. And, you know, Jeff Kenner, to me, was a Premier League winner who played 30 times for Ireland. And I played with Alan Shearer, who was a hero of mine as a Newcastle fan. And I just, I just thought, my God, like, you know, this fella's my manager now. And he was playing me week in, week out. And I was a right back at the time. And he was also a right back. So I think he took a bit of interest in me as a person or as a player, you know, and he coached me. And I just, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I had three, you know, good seasons at Sheville United and then, oh, sorry, at Galway United. And then in 2010, I'd finished university. Uh, that summer, and the League of Ireland finished the following November, and I was out of contract. So I, I had just time on my hands. So I spoke to my Ireland under 21 manager, Don Givens, who'd selected me for Ireland under 21 that year, and just said, Listen, is there anyone I could get training with over in England just to see how it feels? Um, you know, I've played League of Ireland now, I feel comfortable here. I'm just wondering if I can make the step up. And he said, I'll have, a, I'll have a ring around. And a couple of days later, he rang back and said, listen, Sheffield United will take you for a week training. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, nothing to lose. So I went over there and trained. And Gary Speed was the manager at the time. And I must have done OK, because at the end of the week, he said, listen, you know, we'll, we'll, we'd like to sign you. So that was great. So I went back home for Christmas. And then I came back in January. And by that time, he'd left and taken the job at Wales. Um, he became the Wales um, international manager. And Mickey Adams became Sheffield United manager. And um, he didn't know me and I didn't know him. And he'd never really seen me play. And the, the club were struggling. Um, and his job was to try and keep them up in the championship. And so he, I, he never chose me. But, you know, probably wasn't, I was, probably wasn't good enough, to be fair, looking back now. Um, and they got relegated. And Danny Wilson came in that summer. And then they had a the whole season in League One and I still didn't play. But, again, I probably wasn't good enough. It probably was too much of a step up for me at that time. Um, So it never worked out at Sheffield United in that sense. Um, But I mean, I I, I, I improved as a footballer because I trained with, you know, very good players day in, day out. Went back to the League of Ireland with Sligo and straight away felt comfortable again because I knew that I was able to play at this level. And then a touch of fortune for me, John Coleman got the job at Sligo, was only there a few months before he got the job at Accrington. And he asked me if I wanted to come back over. And that's how I ended up at Accrington. And in terms of the, your
0: time at Sligo, a very successful time, League yeah. of Ireland success, FIA Cup. Just what was that like in terms of playing not only in the League of Ireland where you would played with Galway, but playing in a team that was very successful in the sense that you were winning trophies.
1: Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I mean, I was I was very lucky to go into to go into Sligo Rovers. I joined halfway through a season where they were six or seven points clear at the top of the table and you know destined to win the league that year. I got a medal after playing, might have played 12 or 13 games, and you know all the hard work I think had already been done before I arrived there. Um, and then the following season we won the FAI Cup, and the following season after that we won a Satanta Cup, which is like an All Ireland competition. Um, and they they were really good times at Sligo Rovers, very successful times, you know, some very good players. Um, and unfortunately since since then, you know, Sligo I've, I've struggled, and and at the moment they're in they're in. Very bad financial straits because of the what's happened with the pandemic. So I wish them well, but um, yeah, I was yeah very 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 lucky to be part of a, a really um, great period of of, of Sligo Rovers history.
0: You mentioned earlier the the Ireland under twenty one set up.
1: What was it like being called
0: up to those squads, making appearances, and who was in those squads with you?
1: Yeah, that was um, you know I think when I look back at my career. Winning, winning league, winning league two, and you know playing for my country would be right at the top of um, my proudest moments. Yeah, so Don Givens was the manager, um, and in the squad was Seamus Coleman, was my age group. Um, It was like called Owen Garvin, who's played a little bit for Crystal Palace, Um, Anthony Stokes, um, Stephen Gleeson, who's been around the been around the leagues as well. Some very good players. Um, So I played played some European Championship qualifiers. Um, I think I've got four four caps for the twenty ones and one for the under twenty threes. Under twenty threes was chosen solely from League of Ireland players, um, so that's how I that's how I played for them. But yeah, very proud moments. And in terms of the training, when you go away
0: with an international setup, how different is it to club level? Is it different at all?
1: Um, it is. It is. It is. It is different. Yeah, because I suppose they've. They don't have they don't have you for a long for a long time, so that the training is very is very intense, you know, and you know it's it's, it's always based around a game because you're 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 only really two or three days away from a game, so you might arrive on a Sunday for a game, you know, the Tuesday or the Wednesday, so straight away you're into shape, formation, videos, team meetings. Um, it's quite intense because you know you're around each other for you see each other all the time for you know however long you're away, but um, but it's great i loved it you know i love you know playing for my country putting, putting the shirt on you know listening to the national anthem having my my family in the crowd watching me play for ireland was it's it's brilliant
0: we've talked about your career as a whole we've talked about international times your times at club level as well what are your aims going forward with accrington is it just to maintain your your form and help the club progress as far as it possibly can
1: yeah i mean John Coleman won't say this, but I mean if you offered me League One status every year, you know, I I'd take it, staying up in League One. He he would say that he he thinks that we can make the playoffs or get promoted from League One, you know? Um, but you know, I think for a club like Akron to maintain their status in League One is is a great achievement. For me personally, I just want to try and keep playing as long as possible. I'm I'll be 32 soon. I've just signed a two year contract, which I was very thankful for, for them to to give me at my age and considering the current climate and the way Finances and football are so. Um, yeah, hopefully stay fit, stay strong, maintain my form for two years, and and you know I'll be 34 then. But I hope to play well into my 30s. Um, try try and keep playing as long as possible. I'm sure any of the players that you speak to, the ex-pros, will, will have told you. You know they want to play as long as they possibly can because when you look back at it, in relative to other careers, it is a very short career. It's you know 15, you know 16, 17 years is is a, is an excellent football career if you if you're lucky to play that long. So. Hopefully, I'll be one of those who, who can do that.
0: You mentioned the fact you're 32 soon. New 2 your deal takes you up until you're
1: 34, 35. Mm. Is coaching something you've considered? It is, yeah. I mean, I did, I did start my badges in, um, when I was in Ireland. Um, I haven't continued it since I've been over here. But what I have done is, um, through the PFA, I'm doing a, a journalism, a sports journalism degree with Staffordshire University. So it's something that I've been interested in. I've done a work placement with Radio Lancashire and I've done a little bit with the, um, with the media team at Akron and Stanley as well. Um, so I enjoy I enjoy that side of the game. Um, hopefully I'll, I graduate. I'm meant to graduate this November if I get all my assignments done on time. So um, it's nice to have that then, you know, um, in place and still be able to uh, continue as a footballer for another two years. Um, and you said something to fall back on. And hopefully in those two years while I'm playing, I'm able to explore it more and make more contacts and kind of, zone in on a certain area of the media or journalism or radio or T V that I'd like to I'd like to, you know, pick up when, when my football career does eventually end. A few quick fire questions before I let you go. First
0: one being, what's your favourite sport outside of football?
1: Golf. Who's the best golf? Is favorite, golf is my favorite sport, ahead of football. Seriously? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Watching and playing, yeah, yeah. I like golf. Yeah. Who's the best teammate you've ever had in terms of a golfer? Best team as a golfer, wow. Um, we had a lad who came on loan from, I, I think it was Rangers, his name was Andy Little. He played off four. I say he was very good. Yeah, he was an excellent golfer. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: In terms of the golf, you said you enjoy watching it. Who would you say is your, your favourite golfer in the world at the moment?
1: Sergio Garcia. My favourite golfer, yeah. Um, are you a box set man or a film man? Um, box sets, I suppose, box sets, yeah. What's your favourite music? Um, Favourite artist is Bruce Springsteen. So he's kind of like rock, rock and roll. Yeah, that'd be my favourite kind of genre. Beach Holiday or City Break? Um, I'd say City Break. My wife would say Beach Holiday. (laughs) I'll probably go with Beach Holiday. She gets the final say. (laughs) A few football ones to finish. Best players you've played with so far? Well Seamus Coleman because I played with him with the Irelander 21s and he's he's progressed to you know top of the top of the game, so he'd be the best player that I played with, yeah. Toughest opponent? Um I say Dimitri Pae. He's you know World Cup winner. It can't get much tougher than that. <laughs> Most underrated player you've played with? Oh. Um I played with a lad at Sligo Rovers when we won the league. His name was Mark Quigley, and I never understood why he didn't move to England. He was, you know, he was a fantastic striker. He had he had everything about him, and he never he never moved to England. So I don't know was it because his own ambition didn't take him over, or whether he never got picked up, but for some reason he never did, and I never never quite understood that. In terms of the
0: managers you've had so far, who would you say had the biggest impact on you, and why? Uh,
1: Jeff Kenner, as I mentioned, just because of who he was, you know, he's... Like I said, a Premier League, a Premier League winner, um, and he played 30, 40 times for, for Ireland. So I was, and I, at the I was eighteen, I was just, I was just in awe of him. And because he played in the position that I was playing in at the time, he had a real effect on on, on my development as a player. And I think at an important age, you know, 18, 19 was an important age for my development.
0: The last question I've got for you, um, trying not to upset John Coleman with this one. If you could play for any of the so-called super coaches in football now, Mourinho, Guardiola, Klopp,
1: which one would you choose and why? Um, straight away I was going to say Guardiola, but just, you know, I'm not a Liverpool fan, I, I, I don't, but I just I just have to admire Klopp and the way that he's gone about his, his business at, at, um, at Liverpool, and I just think, he, he just gets the best out of his players. I'm not saying Reno and Guardiola don't, but it was that thing when um, he, he, he said to the, the players were going to get their um, FA Cup break. They, they, there was an FA Cup replay, wasn't there? And he said, no, my players are going away because I've promised them that they could have the time off with their families. And I just thought that, you know, if, that, if he was my manager, I'd, I'd, I'd really admire him for that because he'd made a promise to his players and he wasn't going to go back on it, you know, because he. He wanted to get the best out of them, and he wanted to be a man of his word to his players, and I just thought that was that was a real class act from him. I know he got an awful lot of criticism for it, but I could see his thinking behind it you know he was, he said this to his players, he gave them his word, you know you can go away, have your time with your family, no matter what happens, and he stuck to it and and I thought that was you know that was a, that was very good of him in that regard for how how his players would would feel about him but Seamus, it's been a pleasure thank you so much for joining me no, problem. no worries, see you soon. So we'll dive down to
0: the ocean i we'll make her home in a deep sea cave and shells will all be open. They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song. We'll dive down to the ocean i we'll make her home in a deep sea cave and shells